All right, hey everybody, it's uh, Scoots here, and it's time for an occasional series we have. I think we usually do this about once a year, and I, I think it's been about a year. I don't know, I, I guess I do year by feel. It's been a while. I, I, I would assume we do this once a year, but I guess that's an assumption, so I hate to make an uh, uh, ass out of you, me, and uh, Carol King, because this is uh, uh, the, uh, t- I forgot what the series was called. Actually, it's been so long, I don't even remember what it's called. Uh, and that's an honest truth, but I'll tell you, I'll explain to you the, uh, the, what, what drives the series, uh, the, the, not the theme. I don't know. There's a fancy word behind it, but it, it's, uh, what happened was, uh, Carol King, not Carol Kane, beloved sing, singer and songstress, uh, singer, songwriter, performer, uh, like, and so I love Carol Kane, but this is a different situation. Is it Carol King? Holy mackerel. I, I, I think it is. Uh, I was t- tempted to, uh, to stop it, but I guess I got to live with my mistakes. Uh, I'm not perfect, and my memory is definitely not perfect, but uh, I hope it's Carol King. Uh, recently, she had a musical, and it's probably touring somewhere near you. So if I'm anywhere correct, uh, make sure you go spend some money and help me make my amends to Carol King. But at some point, and we're going to take a quick explanation about uh, how this uh, works uh, or what inspired these uh, occasional episodes. It'll be a meandering uh, story of an adventure I had recently uh, because of Carol King. And what happened was uh, back in the day before iPhones, uh, and I don't know how long ago that was, maybe 10, I don't know if it was 10 years or 12 years or 15 years when they just had iPods, uh, uh, the white iPod that looked like uh, it was the same size as a deck of cards uh, and it had the wheel, and you would keep songs on there and podcasts. Uh, once Apple Podcasts or iTunes had podcasts, you could put your podcasts on there. It's great, great way to consume podcasts. Uh, uh, before that, what you'd have to do, what I did was I downloaded them, you know, from podcast directory, and then I would put them on mini discs and listen to a mini disc player, but that's beside the point. So I had this iPod, and what I'd use the iPod was I had all my music on there, and then if I ran into somebody like a friend or a sibling, I'd say, "Hey, put some music on here for me." So I got like people that randomly would put. They never made a playlist, I don't think, but they would dump music on there too. And what it resulted was an iPod with a pretty eclectic collection of good tunes and. Uh, then at some point, the the way that, it, like, it was a self-contained hardware and software device. It didn't have a, a Wi-Fi, so it didn't automatically update. You would update it when you uh, synced with iTunes. But it wasn't a device you synced often unless you want to put music on there or check if you're using it for a, a podcast, you'd sync your podcast. But I think, I, I don't know. So the software updates were few and far between. Yeah, because, I mean, I guess all it did was really play songs and stuff and audio. But it had an algorithm, and it would t- it could tell, like, how often you played a song. And I don't think the algorithm paid attention to how long you played the song, just how often. In somewhere in the internal uh, machinery or software of this device, these old iPods, according to me, this isn't based on fact, it's just my assumptions, uh, the, the iPod would, like, say, oh, you like uh, this type of music. And I do love Carole King. Yeah, but at some point, the iPod, 
uh, began to, to, to like, because I like to shuffle it because I didn't know what was on there. And I didn't always listen to all the same music as my friends did. So it's cool to shuffle songs and say, holy cow. Uh, like, that's literally how I discovered, uh, the, like, uh, the Mountain Goats. Uh, that would be one example. Uh, or the Avid Brothers or Avid Brothers. And, I mean, this was back uh, when they were, you know, not uh, the biggest thing since, uh, like, Holy Bread or whatever. Um Whatever you do, or, uh, you know, other groups that, who's like, uh, with like louder groups whose names I can't say in the podcast. Uh, but so I would, I was big into shuffling. If I listen to music, random, I love random stuff. Uh, but at some point I became convinced that Carol King, at the time I didn't know this, that she was like, uh, she was a flourishing, functioning human. I thought maybe she had moved into the ether zone. And found my her way into my pod, my uh, what do you call the iPod? Uh, but what really happened is, is her influence is so strong in her, like her sympathetic vibrations, probably that this iPod, the software, was so moved by her music that it constantly, I don't know, somehow uh, her essence got into this podcast. Like she, they, like uh, they say, ghost in the machine. And this was a case of that. So every time you shuffled a song, about every fifth song would be a Carol King song. And I became, at some point I said, okay, let's just go with this. And then, you know, this is the kind of thing they talk about when you're trying to get better or, you know, be more, you say, the more accepting you are and the more you say yes, uh, uh, like a lot of times the tension resolves itself. And as soon as I started saying, yes, Carol King, play, play me, play me a song. Uh, then less Carol King songs came up, but she, I started to believe she was running the shuffle. And then I started to use that as my decision tree for all my major life decisions. And she really was dictating the soundtrack of my life. And she still does from time to time when I say, let's do some iPod shuffling. Now, luckily, I had the foresight because, you know, th- this was before solid, the, the old iPods. They weren't solid state. They were platter-based drives or whatever you call it uh, with, mo- you know, with a moving head. And what that means is that eventually the iPod stops working. But I had a way, like, I, I backed up this iPod. So no concern about that. But so it was just recently... Uh, that I was out and uh, I was listening to music and I guess I had this iPod for a long time in the history of my life because uh, I was uh, singing along with the song of Froggy Wit and Corton and thinking about uh, like is it I said what is it like I couldn't really pay attention to the lyrics because I kept thinking about uh, Tom and Jerry and the song was featured prominently in more than one episode of Tom and Jerry. And before there was Itchy and Scratchy, you might say, Scooch, your voice is itchy and scratchy. I say, well, it's here to calm you. Uh, it's like, uh, it's like a sympathetic, it's like, a, yeah, I got it all locked in my voice so you can chill out. Uh, but before that, there was Tom and Jerry. They were a cat and a, a mouse that lived together. Uh, sometime, whatever, whatever, they lived together. At one point, the song, Frog, instead of thinking about the lyrics to Frog, you went in court and, I was thinking about the song, and I was strolling down the street as I tend to do when I'm listening to like letting Carol King. You know, I said, "Let me get, let me get walking, Carol. You do the talking uh, via shuffle." 
you know, I put my life in the hands of a fate. Uh, in this case, uh, the, the the oral essence of Carol King. I think I summarized that enough in the last eight minutes. Uh, but that's part of me making a sleep podcast. But so I was singing Froggy, went to court, and, and I, I didn't really know the lyrics. And I guess some of those older uh, children's songs, I'm always like, when the heck are they talking about? Uh, so I paused uh, ostensibly to, to rewind uh, or whatever, shuffle back, whatever the heck you do. Scroll, what do you, I don't know, scroll wheel it or whatever they used to say. And see, like, what are the really lyrics uh, to this uh, Froggy Went a Court? Should I be walking down the street singing Froggy Went a Court? And, and he did, uh, like, is he riding Cranbo? Uh, and, and I honestly didn't know. Like, uh, so I said, okay, let me make sure before I, uh, and when I did that, uh, like, there was a, I stopped at this parking lot, not too far from where I live, uh, uh, that's behind like a bunch of, uh, like, uh, there's a couple dim sum places and uh, a couple other businesses. It's the back side of that. And I stopped there. I saw some motion out of the corner of my eye. And I still kept letting Froggy went to court and play because uh, I was more interested. I said, what is that I saw? And then it, like, I, I started to head over to where the motion was. I said, is that a bird? And I saw something bird-like. It was it was red and white. And I know, uh, from what little I know, there's, like, a, a famous woodpecker uh, from, like, I think I saw it in 60 Minutes once. And then my good friend Charlie, he's a big bird watcher, and he also talks about these woodpeckers, uh, and I said, I'm pretty sure that famous woodpecker's red and white, uh, so I better keep an eye on it. Uh, and he said, is that a woodpecker? Because it was against the fence in this parking lot. Uh, and there's, like, brush in front of the fence, and it was an old wooden fence. And I said, huh, what's that bird up to? And I started to approach it, and I said, uh, huh, that's, uh, it was moving like a bird. And it was doing something on the fence. I thought it was uh, woodpecking. I mean, more fe- this would have been a fence pecker. I, I mean, if I had to nickname it, which I did, I said, what are you, a uh, fence pecker? You know, like I said, I technically, it's, I said, they might not even be technically wood. Because it was like that kind of stuff they make uh, uh, plat- pallets out of. I don't know if it's like real wood or like scrap wood. And... Right then, uh, the Beastie Boys song kicked in, Brass Monkey. And I said, you, you, like, uh, I thought about, like, when I was didn't know what Brass Monkey was, which is a drink, and then I did. And I was, like, thinking people are probably thinking I'm back in this corner of this uh, parking lot sneaking a brass. I said, I wonder if you can even buy Brass Monkeys anymore. Uh, but then, I like, I guess I was talking out loud, and the thing looked at me, and it was not a bird. It was bird-shaped. It was red and white. Uh, and you're not going to believe this, but it was a label maker. And it looked like it was a label maker imitating either a, a woodpecker or one of those b- b- birds that dips its nose in the water, one of those perpetual motion machines uh, that you need a battery for. Or maybe nowadays you just use uh, solar energy. You know what I'm talking about? It's got like some sort of water bulb in the bottom of it. My neighbors, uh, my where the house I was born in, they had a bunch of them in their house. Uh, and my parents used to send me over to that house all the time. It was, uh, uh, I can't remember the, uh, their last name, but it was, uh, 
It was just three adults and one young man who was much older than me. And I would go over to their house sometimes because uh, they lived right next door to where I was born. And, you know, my parents could only handle me so many hours of the day. So they say, go play with our older neighbors. Uh, uh, they seem to be uh, more tolerant of you. And so I'd go stare at their perpetual motion machines because back then, you know, we didn't have on-demand stuff. Uh, it was the closest thing to screen time I could get. And I probably talked to those birds. But so this thing looked like a, it had that motion down, kind of. It was a little, but it was a, it was plastic. It was a, a label maker because I saw the, the circuit in, in an old school one at that. Because uh, I saw the circular wheel uh, that I thought was like the crest or the crown of the bird. And, you know, it, like it had like three or four parts of plastic. Some were red and some were white. And then I noticed that it was trying to peel a label. I thought it, at first I thought it was applying a label. I mean, I was stunned, and I was also, you know, singing along with Brass Monkey. Uh, and I mean, every once in a while I couldn't help but dance a little. So I said, and I said, "What are you doing?" Uh, like, and I mean, luckily I live in a state of mind that seeing a, uh, a living, moving, well, assume presumably living, but uh, a motion-based uh, label maker that doesn't surprise me. And I said, like, uh, I said, what are you sticking? I said, what are you, some sort of automated label maker? And label maker was a little testy. I said, what the friggin' heck do you think I'm doing? I'm t- peeling this label off. Uh, and I said, really? I said, uh, you're taking a li- like your label maker, you're removing a label. And it said, yeah, a sailor went to sea. What do you think? And I said, a sailor went, I said, I guess you're, uh, I said, what era are you from? Never heard that phrase before. I don't know. I said, are you trying to put a label on or put take a label off? Uh, it said, get to, trying to get this label off. And I said, well, it's too bad you don't have posable thumbs. Uh, and I said, here, let me help. Uh, and at first it was kind of like muttering to itself. And I said, no, no worries. I said, I'm actually pretty good at it. I have it, you know. I said, it's just an advantage I have as a human, but I can't make labels. Uh, even with a label maker, I, uh, I've failed at making labels, uh, printed labels, but I've never made them. And they said, did you make this label? And I said, no, I'm here to reclaim this label. And I said, well, that caught my curiosity. And I, I was like, uh, claim, reclaim the la- your label maker reclaiming labels. Uh, and it said, exactly. And I said, for what, to what end? It said, none of your beeswax. Uh, and they said, you don't happen to know a butterfly named Bernie the Butterfly, do you? And you may have think you, you could never have a, you be, take the glare of a label maker, but this label maker was glaring at me. And I said, oh, interesting. And then I got my thumb off. Uh, and I said, I said, what does this say? Let there be drums. Uh, and I said, who put a label on this uh, fence that said, let there be drums? Uh, and the label maker said, does it matter? And I said, it matters to me because I'm cur- I said, I'm just, and I got the label off. Uh, and I went to hand it to the label maker. That was presumptuous. Uh, and, you know, I kind of, you know, I can be antagonistic suicide. You didn't really think this out, did you? And the label maker continued to stare. And I said, okay, I'll, I'll just keep it in my pocket. Uh, 
And I said, why don't you hop on my shoulder like a parrot? Uh, this this could be interesting. And I said, I was just trying to figure out if it, if that label was uh, wanted someone to play drums on the fence. Uh, how long has it been there? And label maker, it, it, it you know, it has that squeeze thing. So it kind of squeezed, shrugged its shoulders. It shrugged, it shrugged its squeezer. And I said, okay. I said, uh, and I said, I don't know. I said, maybe a fan of the incredible bongo band has been by here uh, putting up labels. And maybe someone was playing bongo. I said, you can't play bongos on the fence, can you? And the label, and I said, okay, so you're on a mission to reclaim labels. And I said, are you going to communicate? I said, that would be incredibly inefficient for you to communicate by printing out labels to answer me. I said, unless Jan Smockwire was around. Or so. I said, is that who makes those movies? Uh, and looked at me. I said, it's a good thing you can talk. Uh, I said, well, here's the thing, as strange as this may sound, uh, <laughs> in this uh, circumstance, I said, I have to believe that Carol King, the beloved songstress, uh, wanted me to encounter you and help you. So even though you're sitting on my shoulder like a sidekick, I'm really your sidekick. I'm here to help. Uh, where do we go next? And the label maker kind of mumbled a thanks. Uh, and I said, don't worry. And I said, well, where are we headed? We're, I said, we're on a mission to reclaim labels. Uh, is that correct? Uh, and the label maker said, yeah. And I said, I, I don't really know. I, I've been looking for labels. This is the first one I spotted in in a while. And he said, so you're just moving. I see you're really determined. Uh, you're just walking around the neighborhood. And he said, not walking, hopping, sometimes rolling. And also I got to make sure no humans spot me. And I said, well, it's good. Cause at a distance, you look like a woodpecker. Uh, but I said, you don't know where you're going, huh? And he said, no. And I said, you know who does? Is uh, I said, is it, well, he said, one, is this a quest uh, for good or not good? And the label maker said, good for me. And I said, so is this a, you know, some sort of profit-related quest? Uh, and the label maker said, and I said, well, as long as you're not going to use these, you're not going to nefariously use reused labels, uh uh, reuse used labels uh, and I said no no I'm going to sell them uh, like I said okay like I said great uh, I said Carol King probably won't. I said are you sure this won't help uh, some other greater mission and uh, I don't know I felt like the look the label maker gave me at that point like maybe I was reading into it because there's only so many it could spin its wheels so you say well how many faces can a label maker make and I said well how many characters are in the like the label maker? Uh, I don't know how many words are in the English letters are in the English language. Twenty seven, and then you get the pound sign, also known as a hashtag. I said a lot. Uh, so I said picture that, uh, and the label maker could express itself. So it made an expression, then it made it sound like. Uh, uh, but I said okay, and I hit my shuffle on my iPod. And it said, what did it say? And I started uh, doing a little slow dance because uh, I was feeling like a moon, moonlight serenade, uh, like uh, if I was at a Glenn Miller uh, concert. And the label maker said, Steve Miller? And I said, no, 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 don't date yourself, label maker. Uh, 
and label, label makers, you know, made a couple jokes at my expense about dating myself. Uh, and I said, I said, you, you I said, you're, you're, you're quick on the uptake. Uh, but he said, moonlight serenade. Uh, he said, either Carol King wants me to dance on the sidewalks is it, or like where I usually like to dance the aisles of a supermarket. Uh, and it just happened that not far from where we were was like one of the last old school, like independent grocers. Uh, I mean, it was a new independent grocer, like, uh, but locally owned, like somewhere between like when it goes from a corner store, uh, to a grocery, grocery store, but independent. And I said, okay, let's get in there and let's dance in the aisles. Uh, and I don't. I said I don't know if this is an IGA affiliated uh, grocer. Grocer. And I tried making gross, grosser than a grocer jokes. Uh, and I said, if you're from the like that era, like uh, Steve Miller's second, you know, when the second boom of popularity was in the '80s, uh, I said that's when those truly gross jokes were around too. And. The label maker just switched to a question mark. I said, okie doke. Uh, I said, that's really a way to supplement. I said, you you have auto, you can communicate by words and. I said, you're like pre-emoji. Emo, I said, you're using it. I said, wow. So much I could learn from you. And the label maker said, get dancing, Glenn. And so I was doing the Moonlight Serenade into this independent grocery store. You know, this is only a four-aisle store. And I said, just so you know, I'm not taking any price labels because uh, this is like an independent. I said, these people are counting on this store. I can't mess their prices up. And the label maker just said, we'll see how long for it. So there I was dancing and trying to decide what I was going to buy to be polite. And but how, like I said, well, she said, like, uh, usually anything I'd be to pull, buy, uh, buy to be polite would be towards the front of the store, like uh, in their hostess section in their soda section or, you know, in their candy section. And there's not much else at a grocery store. But I said, okay, I'm here to dance uh, to the Moonlight Serenade. And then that song came to a close. And a song I was unfamiliar with came on, Sideways Tree by Keller Williams. And I said, what in the... Jam, and we were in the jam section. I said, I'm pretty sure it's a jam band song, Sideways Tree. And the label maker said, what do you mean? I said, there's a clue of where the label, the next label we're going to reclaim. And I said, it's in the jams. I said, we're in the right place. Carol King knows what she's doing. And the label maker said, okay, I'll keep my, uh, whatever. I think it said it's numerals peeled. And it cra cracked me up. I said, you're hilarious. Uh, they said, wouldn't it be your uh, labels peeled? Like, could you peel off the, uh, and they said, well, we're almost there. Between the two of us, we have 40% of a joke. But I said, which jam comes from a sideways tree? I said, strawberries grow on the ground. Uh, grapes grow. I, I said, I don't even know where grapes grow on a vine. They said, uh, whatever, we got strawberries, uh, strawberry. And we said, oh, those are jellies. Uh, he said, these are jams. And he said, sideways tree. 
I guess that could be. Uh, I said it's probably grape jam. And uh, there it was. Uh, underneath the grape jam, I started moving the grape jam jars. And sitting on the metal shelf was a label, a green and white label, green plastic, uh, white letters. And I said, is that for, I said, I, I had this question earlier. And Liam Laker said, shh, shh, shh. And they said, get peeling. And I said, okay, okay. And I said, shouldn't I give some dramatic uh, uh, thing to this uh, label? And the label maker said, just reclaim it. Uh, and I said, it says, got me wrong. He said, what did the first label say, Brass Monkey? And the, that, the label maker started laughing at that, or ch- more of a chattering sound because of its limited ability to express itself. Uh, and so I peeled that label off. So we had that green label. I stuck it in my pocket, and I said, okay, uh, I got to pull be pulled. I said, I might as well buy a thing of jam. And I said, nah, never mind. And I, so I acted like I changed my mind, which I really did because he said, well, at first I should buy a, buy a jar of jam. Uh, then I said, well, I don't really want any jam. And then I said, I got to have to be honest with the store people too. And like, uh, I said, also I have a label maker on my shoulder, like a parrot, uh, but they've seen me before. So I got to shopping and I, and I, you know, purchased some, you know, items totaling about five bucks. And I said, Hey, listen, uh, I saw this label on the shelf back there. I was just going to take it. It says, you got me wrong. And actually, the person said, no, it just got me wrong. And I said, oh, yeah, yeah. I said, I said uh, my label maker's lonely. And it was strange. I saw I was going to buy some grape jam, realized I already had some. Saw this label. I said, huh, maybe my label maker wants some company. And the person at the store said, okay, just like you're paying in cash, right? I said, yes. And I said, no problem, uh. And I said, see you soon. And they said, yeah, keep on dancing, man. And I said, please. I said, they said, does your label maker have a name? I said, uh, awkward. Never asked for the label maker's name. And as I tend to do, I just uh, trusted Carol King. And she whipped out a holographic universe. uh, And I said, he said, is that where you're from, label maker, the holographic universe? And uh, the label maker kind of said, get moving. Come on. I said, what, what? I said, can I call you Betty? Like, because uh, uh, the next song that came up was Foul Play. And the label maker kind of gave me a nod. And they said, oh, Betty Carter. You're a Betty Carter fan, eh? And the label maker said, no, it's a hint, uh, Foul Play. Do you know what it means? And I said, I know exactly what it means, Betty. Uh, and I said, you're lucky. I almost said my little Betty Poo. And the label maker said, what does it mean? I said, well, right down. I said, we're not far from a park. Uh, it's got to be this uh, softball fields at the park. It's an easy one. And this was like, a, this is like an older park, too. So, I mean, it's been refurbed. But uh, I don't spend a lot of time on the softball fields. Uh uh, or except when there's no one there, and they just run the bases solo. 
and the label, you know, label maker. I, I, I thought I was talking to you, the podcast listener, but I, I was also talking. I, I said I should just wear a mic uh, to save me one step. But uh, the uh, whatever the label maker said it's something like typical. So we headed over there because this this uh, softball. I don't know how old how long it's been there, but it has some little stands. It's got fences that are the green paint chipping away. And then, you know, it gets, uh, like a little bit sanded down and painted again. And so I headed over there and, uh, you know, Lee Mike said, well, what's the next move? I said, foul play. I said, let's run the bases for a while. It helps me think. I, I said, I usually try to, uh, I try to develop my optimistic side by running the bases and saying, we, we, we. And the label maker says, usually people imagine, I had to think that people, you know, just hit a home run or something. And they said, sure. I said, if you want to do that. And I said, am I forced to run around the bases? Uh, I headed right down the right field line. And I said, we're doing, we're heading to foul territory now. And like a uh, label maker said, okay. And I said, keep your eyes open or whatever, however you view, you know, I said, keep, keep, keep your, keep your labels peeled or don't peel your labels uh, yet. Uh, I said, just keep like, we've got to find the, the label. Uh, so we started, I started running up and down and there's a lot of, you know, where the right field line was, there was a gap of space and then uh, wood to turn into really high fences so no one would hit it because it's a park in a city. So you know what the ball's bothering anybody that doesn't live on a softball field. And I said, like, the label maker said, we're never going to find it. And I said, we would, the two of us wouldn't, but with the help of Carol King, we shall. And the next song that came on was one by Missy Elliott, uh, Get Your Freak On. And I got, I, like, a uh, label maker, like, we both paused for a second. Uh, and, uh, but, I, you know, I knew what to do, which was, I just got on all fours and started cr- crawling. Because uh, I, I said, that's kind of freaky for being in outfield, uh, like, appropriate to kind of getting my freak on. And label maker said, okay, okay. So I was crawling around, like, a little bit like a crab, uh. And of course, I caught a label right out of the right side of my eye, and it was uh, I don't know what the label looked like originally, but it turned into a color that wasn't quite maroon, or maybe it always was. Uh, wouldn't describe it as a burgundy either, uh, and it maybe it, it was so weathered that it almost had like a milk uh, running through it, like a burgundy with a, a dollop of milk in there, and mixed up. And the label maker said, what does it say? Because it was all one color and it was against a green fence, but because it was burgundy and it was really low, it was hard to see. And I said, wouldn't it be nice? Uh, and the label maker said, peel it off. I said, don't you want to contemplate its meaning? Because this has great meaning to me, this one. And the label maker said, I prefer to just reclaim it. Uh, and I said, well, you're on, whose shoulder are you on? And the label said, go ahead and peel it off and tell me your story of why this has meaning to you. And I said, well, this is one of the first, uh, like, uh, adult set of feelings I ever had for a film, a movie, a documentary, as a matter of fact. Uh, 
And I said, it still gives me the chills. Uh, this is one of these, uh, like, uh, foundational moments for me as a movie viewer. And the label maker said, okay, it could tell, I can't. And I said, this is a really big deal to me. And it said, okay. And I said, oh, do, are, can you actually acknowledge you're looking forward to hearing this? And it said, I'm a label maker. My views uh, are pretty limited. And they said, well, this will help you. Uh, I said, just hear me out and pretend you're interested. And the label maker said, gotcha. And I said, it was, I don't know what year it was, uh, but uh, whatever year Roger and me was uh, like on HBO, uh, Michael Moore documentary. Uh, about Flint, Michigan. And label maker said, yeah, I heard about it in the news. They said, yeah, well, this was years before that. Uh, and there's a scene in the movie where this guy, whose name happens to be Ben Hamper, he wrote a book that uh, one of my roommates gave to me called Rivethead, or Riveted. Uh, ben Hamper's talking about uh, his life. He went to high school with Michael Moore, and he worked on a lot of the assembly lines at uh, automotive plants. Uh, and he was talking about kind of the future for auto workers in Flint and stuff. Uh, and the label maker said, can I stop you? Is this going to be a downer? And I said, and at some point he started talking about uh, the Beach Boys song, Wouldn't It Be Nice, and talking about the lyrics and then I said, moments later, uh, the, uh, uh, you know, the documentary played the song against the backdrop of Flint, Michigan. And I said, it always gives me chills thinking about Ben Hamper's talking head, uh, pointing out the lyrics uh, of the song. It changed my life of how I view documentaries, of how it had a huge emotional impact on me and really made me feel for. Uh, and connected me emotionally to the film and the experience of the people in the documentary in a very profound way. And then the label maker said, where to next? And it was uh, Carol King that uh, signaled us time to dance again, the dance of the sugar plum fairy. And they said, the dance of the sugar plum fairy. He said, I don't think she wants me to dance on this one. It's too obvious. Uh, and the label maker, this time the label maker was really, uh, like leaning in on my shoulder, just like you'd want a shoulder based, uh, uh, like being with consciousness and, and some intelligence, uh, like imagine if instead of a parrot, you had a thinking parrot on your shoulder and you could run ideas by it. Like, Hmm, well, we're faced with a puzzle, the dance of the sugar plum fairy. Uh, what do you think? Uh, and, the, you know, the, the parrot would hold one of its uh, sets of whatever they could call it, feet or whatever, to its chin, to the bottom of its beak and say, hmm. And the, the label maker said, sugar plum. What's a sugar plum? And I said, I don't know. But I said, I do know that there's sugar in ice cream. And I said, there's like like uh, ubi ice cream. And I said, there's other ones like that. I said, isn't one of those like a root or uh and the, the, I think the label, like, so the plums are not a root. And I said, it is a stone's a stone fruit, and this place is just a stone's throw away. And the label like, said, I guess. Uh, and I said, it's worth investigating, and I'm buying. Uh, so we headed over there. 
And it, like uh, this was a local establishment, like another, uh, like a small business. Uh, they said we could be like an infomercial or something for local businesses uh, if we were going to name them and get paid, but we're not. And they said this place just moved and reopened. They say actually called Cookie Bar. Uh, so I did name it because I like it. And uh, we went in there and uh, he said, are you going to get the Ubi ice cream? And I said, no. He said, not that I don't enjoy it, but I said, there's other flavors I enjoy here. Cinnamon Toast Crunch. Uh, they said, they also have Fruity Pebbles. Uh, but that one is uh, like it's only good to taste. I, I said, like, because I like a sugar cone. They said, maybe in a cake cone. And label maker, of course, had never had ice cream. I said, what do you subsist on? Like the, the spiritual energy of uh, Carol King, probably. They said, it's just for my mission of reclaiming labels. And so I ordered ice cream, and then I had a look around uh, the shop. Uh, and I said, and I noticed that their coolers were old school coolers. And I said, man, you got some old school coolers here, huh? And the person working, like, uh, was staring at the fact that I had a label. Like, they were trying to figure out what my deal was because uh, they were, like, 16 years old. And I said, you've never seen a, a person with a label maker on their shoulder, huh? And uh, the person actually had me. It was like they deadpanned me. They said, actually, there's somebody in here 10 minutes ago. And I, I thought to myself, what a fool I am. I'm the person chasing around the original person on a mission with the label maker, my first reaction wasn't like, oh, that's funny. It was like, uh, uh, I, I, I'm, I'm the second place person on a label maker uh, treasure hunt. Uh, but then the label maker here like kind of made a, like a click, click noise. And the kid thought that it was like animatronic. Uh, so he said, oh, sorry, that's cool. And I started looking over this old school cooler that probably was in like an old school uh, grocery store at some point. And that's when I saw it. Uh, it was like a, it was a label down at the right hand corner. Uh, this one was bright red and it said uh, Ken's Polka thing. And I said, okay. I said, what's a label? And I said, interesting. Might have been an old 97 fan or could have been something else. But I peeled it off, uh, put it in my pocket, double-checked. I had, I said, and I said, how many labels did we have originally? And I said, one, two. And I said, okay, I got, I think I got everything. And then we had our ice cream. I offered it to label maker, but of course the label maker. I said, just taste it. And they said, I'm, I'm sorry, you're starting to grow on me. And the label maker said, okay, let's keep going. And I said, okay. I said, hopefully this is the last label because I'm really running out of uh, steam here. I'm going to be in, like I said, after I have ice cream, I usually have like a sugar crash and I get pouty. And I said, Carol King, what's next? And she said, I said, well, I said, holy Melissa Etheridge because she said, meet me in the back. And he said, okay, that's when the puzzle over, because this is probably, we already left the ice cream place, so it doesn't mean the back of the ice cream place. Uh, meet me in the back. And we started walking. I said, back of what? Uh, Carol King? 
And I said, what do you think, uh, Wendy or whatever? I said, I forgot what I was nicknaming you, but, uh, uh, my, my, my astute label maker. And the label maker said, don't label me. And they said, it's good because I never sought to ask your name anyway. So until, you know, the, the person at the grocery store asked, what you, what do, what do you go by? And I said, well, meet me in the back. And I said, okay, let's just keep walking and thinking. And I said, I, I've been wondering to myself the whole time why we're uh, looking for stuff. Uh, like uh, wh- wh- why a label maker would be reclaiming labels uh, and a mission endorsed by Carol King. And, you know, I thought, uh, you know, by your rough attitude that uh you maybe you were uh you know reselling these labels uh, to uh you know to tech rich tech people for thousands of dollars like uh, reclaim the labels for you know reclaim label maker art or something but now i realized the truth and the label maker said not yet and i said uh okay and i i, I, I go I, I think i know where we're headed and the label maker said where and i said there's a record store and next to a uh, taqueria, and the taqueria has a out back, uh, but there's a hole in the fence that goes to the back of the record store. And I said, I can't think of any place that would have more uh, likely, you know. So I said, let's just go into the patio behind the taqueria. And then we climbed through the fence uh, into the back of the record store. And because it was pretty inaccessible, like uh, the grass was high, the door was metal and uh, kind of wasn't like uh, this back area got much use. It was like some milk crates back there. And uh, w- like we started looking around, but I said, let's see, like I said, maybe we're supposed to meet each other in the back, uh, label maker. And I said, I think like, uh, like if I'm thinking with Carol King, cause there's also a mix of podcasts on this, uh, iPod, uh, that there was an Elvis Mitchell interview with Courtney Hunt, uh, and, uh, and, uh, you know, on the treatment. So I think we should talk too, like, you know, person to person, like, uh, Elvis Mitchell really gets interested and I like how excited he gets, uh. And I think he just sounds cool. So I don't think I could ask you. I said, you can't make labels anymore, huh? And the label maker says, alas, I cannot. I made my last label years ago. And I said, what happened? And I said, it stopped, they stopped making my, like, uh, my, like, and I said, the raw material for your labels. And then the label maker said, again, more or less, uh, I mean, the actual, and they said, wow. And I said, no wonder. I said, so you're going to reclaim these labels and just run it through like you, I said, you, I said, because there's no retirement home for label makers. And I said, this is mind boggling. Like, uh, I said, you're still fully functional. And I said, and you can still communicate. And they said, we could repurpose you. And the label maker said, you could, but uh, who'd be willing to do that? And I said, well, I said, I can't imagine Carol King brought us together for that because I'm not good at, uh, I said, I'm good at, I could take you apart, but I wouldn't be able to put you back together or figure out alternative means for you to print labels. 
but I got to think we're here for a reason. And then I hit, you know, I hit shuffle because I, I didn't have, you know, I don't have all the answers. Uh, and I said that to the label maker. And up on the, uh, on to my earbuds, or into my earbuds came, uh, only he has the power to move me. And I said, well, I, I have the power to, I said, and I said, I just knocked on the door. I, I said, well, let me just react to what Carol King's uh, doing. And knocked on the back of the door, knocked a few times. And then the owner of the record store opened the door. And at first he was a little grouchy because he, he was taking a nap in the back office, which was against the door. And he said, wait, wait. And he said, are you the one from Craigslist? Why, why didn't you come through the front? And I said, uh, he said, you got your late. He goes, okay, let's check it out and see if it, he goes, I couldn't believe these boxes of, uh, uh, label inserts I found. And then I started, thought to myself, ironically, I said, someone else is running around with an old label maker. And I said, how many boxes do you have? And he said, three. And I said, okay. I said, I, I said, my friend is the one that contacted you. He goes, yeah, I just found two of them. He goes, I had promised that one to you and your friend. He goes, I got two more. And I said, well, my friend would still want one that you promised him, but I'm going to take the other two. I said, I'm here actually on behalf of Carol King. Uh, well, not exactly. And he said, well, let's see if they fit. Uh, and we opened up these unopened packages of labels. Uh, or lab I don't know what they called them because I was like... Uh, blind with excitement uh i mean i was like is this a synchronicity or just the power of carol king and i said holy mackerel two boxes big boxes full and we opened one up uh and we stuck it in the label maker and it fits uh and i don't know if you know what joy looks like uh and I know the term transcendent joy gets uh, thrown around. Uh, but if a label maker could weep with transcendent joy, that's what this label maker was doing. For its purpose, it had been restored uh, in some sense. And then, so, so I said, I'll take him. And then he, he said, okay, whatever. He said some ridiculous number, like uh, 800. I said, oh, man. Uh, $800 for two boxes of vintage label maker labels. Uh, he said, yeah, these are the ones they stopped making. Uh, and he goes, that's what your friend agreed, uh, for 400. He goes, I'm giving you these two for 800. And they said, okay, that makes kind of makes sense. And I looked at the label maker and they said, okay, how am I going to come up with 800 bucks? Uh, and they said, hey, who, uh, and then he saw the labels. He goes, wait a second, you got, he goes, you got those, he goes, what are those in your pocket? And I started pulling them out. And he said, holy cow, these are, he goes, the patina or whatever, you know, he said, wow, these are great. Uh, and then it clicked again, the deep brilliance of Carol King. And he said, what are these? I said, well, they're for our project. I'm, you know, I'm putting it together. Uh, it's not finished. Uh, you know, some vintage, you know, these are, you know, weathered, reclaimed labels. Uh, it's one of my things, one of the things I do. And he said, well, what are you going to use these for? I said, well, labeling stuff. Uh, I said, my label maker wants to live uh, uh, to have an act three. 
But I said, these, yeah, I said, another thing I do is reclaim labels, uh, make art out of it. And he said, me too. And I said, well, it's more of a thing on my to-do list uh, than actual something I do. Because then he started, well, what do you do? And I said, well, more of uh, something I've been thinking about doing that I never got around to. And I said, because I'm too busy out adventuring with a label maker. And he said, huh. And I said, I mean, I could probably, I, I said, you know, I was planning on charging top dollar because these are, you know, real wild. He said, I can tell. I can see the quality of these labels they've seen many days. And I said, yeah, I mean, I'd be willing to trade them two boxes of labels uh, for these labels, these reclaimed labels. Uh, and he said, deal's done. He goes, this was found money anyway. And so I took the two boxes uh, and I headed home. And I thought about, uh, I said, Carol, and then I said, you know, I said, Carol, what do you think about this? And she played The Search by uh, Sunvolt. And I said, okay, we've done or due diligence, the search, uh, and the label maker, let's be honest, the label maker moved in with me and I weighed out, uh, I counted out the, the spools of, la- you know, potential labels and I calculated, uh, you know, I did some calculations. So, uh, you know, maybe making one label a month, uh, for the next, uh, you know, into the future. And, you know, maybe uh, that'll be something you'll learn more about. Maybe not. You know, maybe I'll become, uh, a, you know, label art, a major label artist, uh, you know, majorly making art with labels or maybe I get over labeling. But, uh, you know, just uh, basically making a label maker happy, uh, but really just assisting, uh, you know, the universe and making sure the label, uh, you know, the label maker they could. And and we still reclaim labels when we can. Uh, because uh, you want to forget your roots. Uh, that's what the label maker told me. Unnamed label maker because it doesn't like to be labeled. Uh, so that's a tale of the reclaiming label maker. Good night. Uh, I want to thank everybody that supported the show over on PayPal. Uh, I want to thank Elizabeth H. Thank you very much. Uh, Ryan B. Uh, Jeremy H., uh, thank you, thank you, thank you, and good night. Uh, Priscilla M., thanks and good night. Paula G., thanks and good night. Uh, Rebecca C., thanks and good night. Uh, Edward A., uh, thanks and good night. Jeff S., uh, thank you and good night. Uh, Stacy K., thank you and good night. Uh, Ricky R., thanks and good night. Ashley B., thank you and good night. Esperanza, thank you and good night. Catherine C, thanks and good night. Casey G, thank you and good night. Ruth S, thanks and good night. Lindsay B, thanks and good night. Uh, Hazel, thank you and good night. And uh, thank you, thank you everybody at Sora Show on uh, PayPal. And over on Venmo, I want to thank Brianna, Brianna, thanks and good night. Olivia, Olivia, thank you and good night. Andrew M, thank you, thanks and good night. Or Andy, I guess. Uh, Krista B, thanks and good night. Meredith J, thanks and good night. Trevor H, thank you and good night. And Joan S, thanks and good night. And then everyone who written a review over on Apple Podcasts, uh, or even if you've taken the time to actually just give us a star review, thank you very much. Because uh, we had a, 
like a sudden churn in one star reviews. Uh, so thanks everybody that uh, reviewed the show. I mean, not the, those people, but you know, you, you, all of you that are uh, helping the show. Yeah, if you have a one star review, let me know. I'll try to fix it. Uh, uh, but I also want to thank uh, EBH, uh, who said sleepy five stars, Doctor Who, Game of Thrones, grocery shopping, and recipes. Uh, thanks. Uh, C Bucket uh, Supreme says, uh, non sleeper, your answer to sleep lies in the episode of this podcast. Amazing. Thank you very much. Uh, Steve02A says, this is great. You're trying to write a review, but I fell asleep and typing it out and it got canceled. So I'm here again. Uh, thanks, Steve. Uh, Laura. Perfect thing to help you fall asleep. Whether you're falling or fall asleep at bedtime, middle of the night, this podcast will give you the rest you need. Annoyed uh, from the UK. It's not annoyed with the podcast. So they say double sleepy emoji, five stars. Give it a couple tries. Uh, now I fall asleep to it every night. Sleepy emoji, thumbs up, sleepy emoji, thumbs up, sleepy emoji. I think that was like poetry. Uh, Charissa says she's out within moments. I don't know how Andrew does it, but I'm literally out within six minutes. Uh, stress, pregnancy, anxiety, uh, whatever it is, uh, works better than Ambien. Uh, Sweet Wave says the podcast is magical. First they tried it, they didn't like it. Too drony. Oh boy, oh boy, was I wrong. Listen to it after a tough night and fell asleep without realizing it. There's something so comforting about this podcast. Uh, difficult to pin down exactly. Nostalgia, uh, the feeling we get when you smell a childhood blanket or air freshener or your grandma's house. Uh, Scooter feels like my friend. Never had that with a podcast before. Uh, I wish there was somewhat of a summary in each new episode of the last episode in different series. Uh, kind of do that. Just on the, um, uh, on the related shows, though. Uh, but you're glad you put your sweet, sweet wave, sweet review. Uh, gratitude comes from Matrix Mellow, uh, Melamo, uh, gratitude, uh, love, love this podcast, so grateful, never fails, uh, put me to slumber, give it a shot, silly and charming delight, uh, uh, Dexter S says, keep up the good work, and Dexter S is from Canada, puts me to sleep, kind of a miracle, that's from Gusry the Cat, uh, thanks Gusry. Uh, Oyster Meister says, uh, get in bed, turn out the lights and press play. That's all you need to do. S double C says, perfect for a night of sleep. Uh, uh, Pups Zog says, so good. And Magic Castle, light in the darkness. Uh, thanks everybody for taking the time to review the show, run Apple Podcasts, and good night.